Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Lexi's Just Curious. And on today's episode, I got Mr. Twitter, apparently, is your name? I have Dr. Thomas Kanzira. Kanzira? Kanzira. And, well, how are you? I'm doing good, I think. Depends. Alright, so let's get this rolling. So you became a national TV person of interest last year when you went on news. You were put on news and you were talking about COVID in Wuhan. Because you were that's where you were studying and that's where COVID broke out from. How was your experience? Well, bring out some PTSD Loki. It was very traumatizing. It was crazy. Um, okay, the first the first day of the lockdown was January twenty third. Um, I remember actually I was chilling with my friends at like two a.m. They they release you know the message about how they're going to close down at like ten a.m. and we thought it was just a joke. So woke up in the morning and the whole city is on lockdown, total lockdown. So of course initially there was panic. Of course not like the American panic of stocking toilet paper and whatnot, but People wanted to, you know, to get food and drugs from the shops and whatnot. Alcohol. Yeah, exactly. A booze. <laughs> so the first day really wasn't that crazy. But the second day, that's when everything was... How did you feel? Did you feel like, okay, this country is safe. They have, you know, they have hospitals here. If anything happens, I'll be fine. Or did you feel like, I don't want to be here. I'd rather be at home. Of course, initially, I trust the system. I'd lived there for five years. I trust the system. Their hospitals are very okay. Yeah, are there beds? Yeah, they are, of course. That's key. Yeah, they have the beds. But um, as time went on, of course, there's no country in the world that's ever ready for, you know... A pandemic. Yeah, pandemic. So it became they were overwhelmed that's why they had to construct you know a hospital in like one week three days i don't know because the resources you know the the cases outweighed the resources which was really crazy so pe- people were dropping dead on the streets videos were going viral so what what made you say you were on Twitter, I remember, and you were complaining, and you were really a voice for Ugandans in China asking government for help. How did your journey go? Well, actually, most of it wasn't even about me, because um, I was living in an apartment with my girlfriend and at the time, so everything was okay. But other Ugandan students were really suffering, because because of the lockdown, they were locked in schools. They didn't have food, they didn't have medical care. Like, there's no way they could access anything that they needed. There's this one time someone called me, their young sister was having um, an asthma attack, and there's, they didn't have an inhaler, they couldn't go to the hospital because, you know, the communities, all estates were in lockdown. Like, gates are closed, it's Real the middle lockdown. of the night, yeah. So, it's actual lockdown, not Ugandan type of lockdown. Yes. Yeah, it's actual lockdown. All the gated communities are locked. The only place you can go to is your rooftop, your basement, or maybe a playground if your estate has one. So it was really crazy. The small relief guys were getting was maybe two tomatoes, two onions, From two carrots, yeah, two green peppers. So, you know, it was a, people were really suffering. And that's why I was pushing for, you know, and all our colleagues that were with, you know, you can see how 
it's very psychologically disturbing when every day the people that you're living with in you know um on campus residence they are being evacuated or repatriated by their countries. And you know, I could say even here in Uganda, staying in your room for three days straight because you're in lockdown. There's nowhere to go. There's not. Maybe you have a gut, but Nothing you just you, do, yeah. you watch movies for three, and it just your mind is just like. In you know, a, we are humans. We need social. Yeah. In addition to watching videos going viral, because you know we have our own um, we have our own social media in China, WeChat. Yeah. So you know you would be seeing all these videos going viral, viral of uh, you know, um, people dropping dead, hospitals full up, you know, and well, guys, you know, it would mentally, you know. And uh, you also mentioned you were personally also going through a very yeah yeah big yeah, yeah. I, was, I was going through you know my own things and there's it was just too much to stomach. So let's move on to so basically. What happened after that? You go online. Well, um, initially it was just it was just asking for the government for, you know, just to guide us through it, cause. And what happened? They, for the first few months, it was really a tug of war with the government. We actually until the day that even they sent money for aid and whatnot. They, we had never received an actual communication from the embassy, from the mission in Beijing, the Ugandan mission in Beijing. So we didn't know what to do. We didn't know whether, because all the other countries, you know, kept communicating with their people. They kept, you know, like a small message yes, would have gone Yes, people were far. being flown, like journals yeah, were being exactly, flown out yeah. of Uganda for when we went into lockdown. And yeah. It even even without repatriation, yeah, a small encouragement message would have gone very far. But we did not hear from the embassy, ne- neither the ambassador or his deputy were in the country so at the, the time. So the money that came was it enough to like compensate all the troubles you had been through, people had been through, and to see them through for some time? How was and how was the money distributed? They sent five hundred dollars. They sent what? Five hundred dollars. Wait, per person. Yeah, per person, per person. Per person. They counted yeah. all the Ugandans. But in total, they sent um, about $68,000. Although the Bank of Uganda released $680,000. So we still don't know if that mistake was corrected. But anyway. Okay. So that $500, how much do you need to be, to, would you have needed to be comfortable in China for a month? Well, $500 is about uh, 3,000 Chinese yuan. So this is a pandemic. So was the money was it okay? Was it it was fine. A month. Yeah, it can take you a month, but But you were there for months. Yeah. Lockdown began on twenty third of January and ended on sixth of April. So Okay. So moving on. People don't like you on Twitter. I don't expect them to. Like why? <laughs> like people troll you. You sp- I guess you speak your mind. Maybe you say some things that maybe people disagree with. But what is it you say that piss people off? <laughs> well, um, it's it's mostly because you know of um all my tweets about Noob supporters and whatnot. I've really never been a fan of Noob, although I mean NUP National Union. Party. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> I I feel like okay. Yeah. Bobby Wine's intentions are pure. Yes. Yeah. But. It, As a- Everyone is entitled to their own political beliefs. Yeah, but apparently people don't feel like that when it comes to me. So, are you are you pro movement? 
No, 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 I'm not at all. You, so you crit- so basically you criticize NUP and guys just yeah. They are, actually, that's a problem with our with our politics. People, as long as you are against an opposition party, guys assume that you support you, you the support other. the the ruling party, which is totally not not it. I really do not like this government at all. As as someone who's who's a medical personnel in Uganda, there is no person in Uganda who's a medic that likes the government because we see it all. Yes, you're and, a doctor. And it's really not entertaining at all. And what's it like working? You work at a public hospital here in Uganda, right? Yeah. What's it like? Yeah. Honestly, it's draining. When you decided to do medicine, did you think... Did you think it would be like this? Did you know the road ahead would be rough? or? Of course... Um, Back then, I had seen my fair share of what Uganda's medical sector looks like. But, you know, you get this kind of people telling you, you don't know what it will be like in five years, you know. Be so optimistic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You don't know what will happen. The government, be a part of change. Yeah, the government will change. And it's something I'm passionate about. I really like doing what I do. Like, it's something of, you know, my whole life I've dreamt of being a doctor, you know. Yes. Saving lives, helping people. And it's I, I really love it. But... Being a doctor in Uganda is really draining. If you don't have an outlet, depression will kill you. You, you also had COVID. Yeah, I go, about that? yeah, I did get COVID, I think, in late November of last year. Um, actually, the worst bit of it was I got COVID from work. I got it from the How hospital. How was your experience? Um, it was really bad because, first of all, getting a COVID test... It took me, t- it, no, it took was me two it days. Was it free? Because you're like a yeah, medical yes, person yes, now. Yes, 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 yeah. I got it free, but it took me two days. The first day I went there, I, um, the, the, the swab, the swab um, material got done. So I had to come back the next day. And even after them taking my sample, my results came back after five days. I swear I had cured by the time my results came back. I took a COVID test last year. <laughs> So they told us your results will be ready two to three days. <laughs> we call at the end of the second day. Are our results ready? Oh, you see one lab machine is down. So there's only one government lab machine working. So you have to wait. We literally did not get those results back for like five days. And you're just sitting there waiting. You're isolating. You're trying to be careful. And... It was actually just, it was at the end of it, I think about it now, and it was hilarious. You start feeling, you know, when your body starts mimicking symptoms. <laughs> you know, anyway, like I said, the Ghana medical system. Eh? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what has saved us from COVID-19 because with our medical system, it should have done worse. I keep saying God loves Uganda. Now this can't be God. Something else. It's 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 probably someone said it's like warranty. like Bebe Cole said we are sanitizing our throats. It's it's the only explanation because really, I mean the way our medical system is set up, we should be suffering more than this. Which branch of medicine are you in, or are you interested in? Well, my I've always wanted to be a cardiothoracic surgeon, so uh-huh. hopefully, um, right now, um, what what they call a pre intern, um, I'm waiting to sit for my Ugandan licensing exam later this year. I'm waiting for the licensing board to tell us when we shall see it. So it might be probably August, September. So after I get my Ugandan license, then I can do my my internship. 
and then so you're still more or less you finished med school or you're still in med school um i finished my coursework yeah i finished my the whole course yeah so it's basically the government of Uganda Transitioning holding me back here yeah. practice yeah yeah so and when i'm done with that then i'll decide whatever but i've always loved surgery i love surgery so let me ask you about things i've heard about public hospitals in uganda Apparently, if you go see a doctor, I've even had these experiences from like relatives and friends. You go see a doctor to get like your your cancer shot. You go in the office, you have to bribe the nurse to tell the doctor that you're there. But the bribing starts at the gates with the security guards to let you enter and park. Okay, so come in your wheelchair, <laughs> not feeling well. Don't you okay, scrapped so up this money for? No, what happens actually? It's uh, the whole system is is rigged, so. The lines are long, right? It's a public... It's a only... For example, Mulago is the only national referral hospital. I wish you could see public hospitals in Kenya because they work. I don't know... I, I know, I know for a fact. I don't yeah. work in Kenya. So, like, the referral... Like, the national referral If hospital. you work in a Kenyan hospital in Uganda, please, like... <laughs> in Kenya, please. Yeah, please. I'm actually here doing my internship there. But anyway... um, So, what happens is... The lines are really long, right? So, from the get... um. The get man is going to convince you, give me 10k, I can get you ahead of the line. Like actual, t- not even 2000, 10k. Yeah, and then um, the get man is going to connect you to a nurse who's, who's assisting the doctor in managing the patient lines. She's going to tell you, give me 10k, and I'm going to put, you, I'm going to put your, your, your file as the next one. They'll call your name. You get. And of course, I haven't seen it um, myself, like personally, because most of the people I work with um, have so many. They have so many jobs. Manas Mulago. They have other private, private practices. Private practices. Yeah. Yes. I haven't seen doctors actually siphoning money from patients. No, I just heard it by the time you get to that. Yeah, 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 but like even if they did, or like what the nurses do, you really can't blame them. Have you seen the salary structure for Ugandan medics? Do you do you know it offhand? Um, I think, I think, uh, MOs, there's a, unlike 3 million, actually interns that actually run the hospitals get, I think, 700k. Um, I don't and know. you're going there every month, day. And you're, you're going every shifts. day. Yes. Yeah. Working 36 hour shifts. Yes. For 700 And med school ain't cheap. You're in school for like five plus years. Yeah. So I really, I really been, of course, the people that go to national hospitals are really poor. So it's sad that they have to get money from them. But then again. Everyone has to put food on the table. Yeah, if... I mean, someone can't expect you to have a normal life. You have transport. Because even if you're being paid $3 million a month, let's say take-home will be like uh, 2.3, right? So divide that by like four weeks. You're making about like 560 a week. So what? how is that money going to get you lunch, your transport... Let's say you might have you can't kids. Can't even pack lunch. You yeah, you, you, you have a family. You pay rent. And do you have like um benefits like no health no. insurance? No, you don't. No, you don't. Transport. Actually, for a fact. Doctors. So you do like a twelve-hour shift, and you have to drive yourself home. For a fact. You could like. Okay, I watch a lot of. Let me tell you. Let me tell you a fact. A Ugandan doctor cannot afford the medical care that he actually gives out. That's a fact. Like in the private hospitals that that we work in. We literally cannot afford the medical care that we are giving other How people. How do private hospitals pay? 
the same salary of I course they're better than public i don't know why so no they pay the same salary structures as government of course government government sets the precedence yeah. so yeah because if if um everyone is exploiting medics honestly. business yeah, yeah guys are trying to make money spend the list and make the highest amount of profit it's really sad being a medic in uganda so i wanted to ask you as a guy um you go you know you go okay we you go out and whatnot and um you know of late the last year there's been an uproar with people talking about their about rapists and how we should rape apologists and how we should address these people because you know the law system the medical system the police there's a lot of like of work that needs to be done there but us as like as people because i know on twitter you've spoken you speak up a lot for women and also about how we should um calling out guys who should um who sexually assault women and man um in a country like uganda again the whole system is rigged from the individuals to the police to you know because the moment a chick goes to report a case at the police, they're asking how she was wearing a short dress. Why was she in a company of men at night? Why was she walking alone at night? Why did she drink a guy's alcohol if she didn't want to sleep with him? Like, you know, they're going to ask you all these stupid questions. And like, okay, why are you going? When are you going to ask the guy why he raped me? You get her. And then individually, um, I think we are slowly getting there. The first, like the first step of of everything, is to actually admit there's a problem. Yeah, like we acknowledge that there is an actual issue. There is so much, you know, so many people around us that have this, you know, I don't know if they are mentally ill, but yes, we have these rapists, gay sexual, yeah, one time, sexual one time assaulting has, women. Yeah, we acknowledge yeah. that that that's an actual problem. It's there. We cannot hide from it. And then secondly, is identify them. That's the only way Uganda like that's the only way Ugandans listen. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, that's why you, I tell someone. Someone's like, why do you have to out people? Like you can just address this privately. Just tell guys, don't do this, don't do this. I'm like, do you know Ugandans? Yes. Yeah, so Ugandans need to say this one you, for people to actually like, oh my gosh, them. him. Oh my gosh, no. No, don't, no, not even in Ugandans, but generally yeah. you have to because I saw recently. I think Nigeria is the only African country that has made a public sex offenders. You know. Oh, we need that here. Yeah. So, we, you know, we need to, we out them. And after outing them, then we deal with people who choose, like, based on the knowledge that you, you've you been given, you know that so-and-so is a rapist or he has rapid tendencies. You still choose to associate with them, hang with them, entertain them. So now it's on you because everyone's going to hold you accountable. Like, you are promoting this behavior. You know, I thought it was very easy when... This happened last year when there was a list that went out. I thought things would change. Like, okay, you've seen your friend here. Some girls have some girls have spoken up or started talking to their friends about their experiences because girls don't even talk to girls about this. It's a very, it's very, it's a very a sh- shaming thing for girls. So we are getting into that space where we're talking more, and you'll have this. You'll 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 see the list. You'll see your friend there. And you and your other mutual friends are like, eh, this guy, okay, we need to, let's first do our research. You find out he's probably hurt more women or the story is sort of true. The story is true. And your friends are still hanging out with this person. It's, you know, I thought it was that ABC. The evidence is here. What else do you need? And it's, it's very hurtful. I feel so bad for victims who 
chill with their friend groups who still chill with the people who've assaulted them knowing well and good what has happened because i have it happened it's happening here right now um for guys i think guys we have a, we have a misguided loyalty it doesn't make sense to me but it's there i mean guys would rather they would rather stick to their friend than believe that you know he assaulted a chick or something like that I told maybe you. birds of a feather flock together i don't know or maybe you know guys like someone's always saying guys always seek validation from other men and i don't know what it's up to but personally i'm not like that i, I do not care how close we have been the moment i find out the way you're one shit of the few you, i think you're one of we are done you're one of like the only people i know who have spoken out you know what i'm talking about because in groups guys will be like hey this guy hey we don't talk to him what but you'll see them on the same table or you'll they, they keep quiet but i have seen you speak out loud on twitter about not tolerating this not tolerating sexual offenders and you know it's it's really the only and way. it's you're like the only person it's like a really it's it's, it's yeah really, it's really the only way we shall have to deal with it because yeah. it can't keep happening it and you know i tell i have this argument with guys who say you know ah, he's my friend i don't think he did it i'm like you guys are boys you're not attracted sexually attracted to each other you do not know what goes on behind closed doors and if one or more people are speaking of course maybe sometimes it's been a one time thing but in the case when one two three pe- four people are talking you know i once uh, i once saw this tweet um about uh, someone was saying the only way heterosexual men would understand how what women go through is if they were you know approached or hit on by a gay man <laughs> which is the truth which is harassed, the truth yeah because maybe then they would understand how you know how how persistent and how you By know, a how how men are yeah exactly yeah so when you see it firsthand eh, maybe you'll understand how crazy like what women are going through day in day out because it's something women have to do i mean every day we have to tell women protect themselves yeah which is it right we should be the, the conversation should be diverted to men don't doing stupid things but yes. then again and, and clearly yeah clearly they are not listening so you still have to keep reminding the girls like you know what these assholes are out there please watch out whatever you're doing like be careful it's it's sad that we have to talk about this thing it really is and but that's only way we can effect change anyways let me bring us to the close of this episode thomas and i are about to play a drinking game okay let's take a break done <laughs> <laughs> wait stop guys wait stop